Welcome to Strat on the Wall, the podcast that unveils the power of effective goal setting and strategic planning. I'm your host, Tana Capucci, co-founder and co-CEO of One of Many. In this episode, we have the pleasure of being joined by two of our esteemed agile consultants at One of Many, Robin Hyman and Erin Davies. Together, we will explore the challenges they've encountered throughout their careers, shedding light on topics like distinguishing high value from low value work. If people aren't as connected to what the the strategy and the long-term aims of the company are and they're just doing things because they know they should be doing things, that might be really low-value work. We will analyse the importance of having a value-focused approach. We all know where we want to be uh, going. It's really important to have a fast feedback sort of set up so that you know if things are working or if they're not, so you're kind of validating the strategy as you go along. By owning the strategy and the implementation of the strategy it means that you're running to where the ball is going to be not to where the ball currently is as well as the cultural impact of strategy millennial gen z generations who are looking to to have jobs that really align and have vision and have meaning your strategy is a really good place to bring them along on that journey to listen to all these and more stay tuned into this episode of strat on the wall Welcome everyone, episode three, Strat on the Wall, uh, one of many coming to you directly from London Wall, if it wasn't apparent in the name of the podcast. Strat on the Wall is named after where we are because we're a transformation agency, we specialise in strategy services and we're based on London Wall. Um, on this episode, we're going to be talking about implementation of strategy at every level. Um, we're going to be discussing why each team in a business needs to own its own strategy and for how it will achieve the desired outcome and demonstrate the impact it can make on an organization. So today I'm joined by my peers and fellow colleagues in the business, Robin Hyman and Erin Davies, and we're going to be expanding on this topic and trying to understand how uh, strategy is implemented at every level because the title in of itself is quite ambiguous, right? So what do we mean by that? What does implementing strategy at every level mean? um yeah what does that what does that actually mean right because as a term strategy is traditionally always thought about as being something done at the top right or being done by leadership so um we're going to go into that today we're going to be looking at what it means for us and how we manifest it in our own business and what it can potentially mean from our past experiences as consultants working in organizations as well as what it might potentially mean for future clients. So we're going to be talking about all of that today. Robin and Erin, do you want to introduce yourselves to our guests or audience? Yeah, so yeah, I'm Robin Hyman. I'm a principal consultant, one of many. Um, I'm, I provide advice and guidance to our clients on things like agile, strategy, OKRs. And I've been here for about a year, I think now. Just <laughs> every year. Hello, my name is Erin. I'm one of our Agile consultants. Um, I'm one of the new kids in one of many, um, but I mostly do uh, a lot of team-based, team-level consultancy and coaching and a little bit chaos. Thank you for joining me, Robin and Erin. Welcome. It's nice to have you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, If we're talking about strategy at every level, um, I think what would be helpful to begin with is what does that mean for you? Implementing strategy at every level. Let's start with the big questions. Um, What does that mean to me? 
So I guess for me, there is absolutely no point in strategy happening with three people sequestered into a room somewhere and it not being applicable to the people who actually do the work. That's that that to me is what strategy at every level means. Because it's all well and good going like this is the company goal, but if if your developers and your people who do the thing can't can't connect with that, it's just kind of a pointless exercise. Robin? Uh yeah, similar. So yeah, instead of it being a kind of ivory tower activity, sort of just done by leadership, um they do all the thinking, the people do all the working. It's a lot more about getting getting inputs from everybody, um, people who are close to the work, who've got insights about the work, um, connecting purpose to the work. So they're not just following instructions, but they you know it's, it's, there's a purpose, and that they've all fed into the why of what we're doing. Okay, so in both of what you were saying, this idea of like the connectiveness of um, multiple people being able to affect strategy and doing it in various parts of an organization. Uh, let me ask you a question. If it was only ever done at the top, which uh, for all intents and purposes is what I think we've been accustomed to for a very long time, like what happens now, like when you're looking at the current trends in workplaces, in our industries, given our backgrounds and transformation, what happens if strategy is only done at the top? Well, quite often you can end up with a lot of people being really busy just doing stuff but the stuff isn't aligned it's not all pulling in the same direction because people aren't necessarily connected to the strategy if you ask them what the strategy is they, they might not know what it is they might know five minutes after it's been announced or there's been an all hands or something but three months in can anyone tell you what the strategy is um in my experience quite often not um so it just people get disconnected from it and just get caught up in the day-to-day -day. and the people are just busy doing stuff and it's just not yeah so what, what, what do you think that looks like the, when they're just like doing stuff what what does that look like quite often people are really busy everyone's yeah. really busy but nothing's actually getting done busy for the sake of being busy. yeah yeah so there's a lot of there's a lot of activity a lot of business uh, uh, busyness and management still aren't achieving their the business goals um, and then it might look like it's some sort of you know, the first response might be why can't my teams deliver and that that type of situation it might be that it's just too many things happening and there's a lack of focus and I think if you if you're involving everybody in strategy you can achieve more focus and everybody's much more aligned and you lose the like the highest highest value opportunities um if people aren't as connected to what the the strategy and the long-term aims of the company are and they're just doing things because they know they should be doing things that might be really low value work rather than focusing on the stuff that will have the highest importance um and it's there's an opportunity loss there um and that's that's how you end up with things like monzo taking massive swathes of like the the business industry that they're in because you'll have a challenger come in and completely take something um, where maybe a traditional bank might have missed it because they're so busy, just business as usual, taking yeah. along. People have got their own sort of goals. They're pursuing mm -hmm. their own. It's like, like local optimizations in the in the farm. People have got their own interests. Their bonus depends on this, and they're going to tick their things off. 
it's not a sort of joined up effort and yes maybe if everyone's got their own separate goals as well then there's less collaboration happening because people are you know trying to achieve their thing to get their bonus rather than a collective push you know yeah, so it, it sounds like it loses its meaning if it's only ever done in one place just gets yeah 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 it all just gets fragmented and diluted and, yeah. there's a real cultural impact as well because with with the sort of millennial gen z generations who are looking to to have jobs that really align and have vision and have meaning and want to feel connected to that your your strategy is a really good place to bring them along on that journey rather than feel like they're a cog in a wheel if they understand the strategy they're connected to it they're implementing it they're making changes like that is how you get those sort of younger generations really um like culturally and emotionally connecting with their job um so then then you have potentially like a, a impact on turnover and who you hire and things like that as well so it's it's more yeah. than just the bottom line sure shameless plug here i'm gonna plug us of course you are <laughs> uh, so we we have a value right collective intelligence so what mm -hmm. we like to do is we believe in strategy every 90 days so hence the reason why we have a strategy day because we want it to be something given the size of company that we're at right now that we could actually lean into the collective intelligence of the whole company to see how we can affect what we're doing and we manifest that in the form of OKRs. So I would like to think that we are a little bit different in that sense, but I do want to ask both of you. So knowing the challenges that you mentioned earlier about when it's done in one place, how it loses meaning, how it affects the day-to-day, -day, how it just becomes BAU, what needs to happen, do you think, and you could be thinking about clients in this sense as well. What do you think needs to change? How does everyone, how do we, how does everyone become part of the strategy? So talking about the Gen Z and the millennials and people looking for more, right? So mm. it's not just the bottom line. How do we get, how do we help people? How can people help themselves really? I mean, for everyone who might be listening to this, it could be leaders, could be C-level people, could be department heads. How do we give them the right advice in this instance to be able to take people along on, the, on that journey? I, I think there's got to be a, that's a sort of acknowledgement and philosophically that none of us is as smart as all of us in, in that sense. And that there's a an intentional about getting everybody's inputs in and it's not, you know, hierarchy based and the senior people's opinions are worth more. Um, in practical terms, I think then there's got to be a kind of clarity of intent uh, and and that invitation to to everybody. Like, yeah, for example, we do strat days. That's, a, that's an invitation to everybody to contribute. Um, you know, what do you think we, sh we should be doing or could be doing or what are our strengths that we can exploit or, or opportunities that we have uh, you know so just just philosophically for me i think it's just having that mindset that we're we're gonna extend the invitation not just to the the top level of the organization but to, to get everybody's inputs i think if you look at how, how we do it with with our okrs um the the advantage of of that is then we can break it down further into things that we can do 
And I think that's the bit that often gets missed. It's like, it's all well and good having a company say, we want to be the number one provider of whatever in, in our sort of market. Um, but then what does that mean for your individual teams and actually working with people to go, right, if we're going to do this, then this is how that impacts that. So also like understanding from the other side as well, how what looks like a small project could imp impact the strategy and achieving it. I'm very aware there's an ambulance screaming in the background. Oh, we, we had sirens yeah. on the last episode and it was funny as if anyone listening to this is just going to think that London Wall is very troublesome because of <laughs> the amount of sirens they hear. I think, I think we might need, be near a hospital. <laughs> it's not someone coming to arrest us for terrible podcasting. All good. Uh, we, we do have a police station around the corner as well. I think there's a couple in this area. So it's all fine. But at the end it's of London. the day, it's London. We're on London Wall, and this is Strat on the Wall. <laughs> just take it as part of, uh, if anything, it's just showing, it's just us being uh, our authentic selves, <laughs> having sirens in the background. But um, you were saying about... Um, supporting the teams, understanding how they influence the strategy like after the strategy has been quote unquote set and strategy should be an ever ever evolving thing um but i think what people don't often understand is how their decisions and how they build the product or how they implement their services actually impact the strategic goals um so it's it's almost a two-way street it's not just saying um as you said, collective intelligence in order for us to set our goals, but then it's like, how how do we actually influence it? Um, I think that's the step that's often missed is you'll have someone at sort of C-suite and director level go, right, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're aiming for. Off you go. And then there's no real support on, on helping people break that down further. Um, so that's often missed. It's just assumed that people know how to pick up a strategy and turn that into projects. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think that in part it's, it's a bit of a double-edged sword as well because if you're if you broaden the invite and you you invite more ideas and more inputs, you got to be on your guard against ending up with a sort of spray and pray sort of strategy where you're just yeah. trying to do everything or trying to do too much. And there's a lot of value in having a, a focused strategy and a narrow focus. So that that needs prioritization. So you've, you've got lots of ideas on the table, lots of things you can do okay, what are the things we should do? And you know, how do we prioritise because we're finite resource? So it'd be better to do a few things really well than loads of things kind of in a half-mast sort of manner. Mm. So the prioritisation, it could be a bit ruthless, I think, and sort of not necessarily chuck things out, but, you know, go yes, but not yet, or whatever, you know, what are we focusing on now? What's the, what's the most important thing now? I mean, that philosophical part of what you were saying earlier around um, communicating outcomes, essentially, yeah. right? Just mm -hmm. getting people to stop talking about the BAU and the initiatives and start communicating outcomes, then drive to the initiatives and not starting with the initiatives, trying to drive an outcome, because then that's just confirmation bias, isn't it? Because then it's my idea is the best idea. And then it becomes a war of ideas on the table as to who's got the best idea and then who's got the yeah. most amount of confirmation bias will typically win because then they'll put all their effort into validating their idea. But it's all a bit reductive to some extent, isn't it? Because how do we know what problem we're trying to solve? And if we're not thinking about the end user and we've got our own agendas in mind, 
a lot of what you guys were saying but makes me think a lot about the intangibles right because philosophically to be able to give strategy out to other people mm-hmm. that invitation requires a lot of trust mm-hmm. and a lot of mm-hmm. self-awareness right self-awareness mm-hmm. to say although i'm senior i might not have all the right answers yeah mm-hmm. and yeah. also i trust my people because they're the ones closest to what's actually happening that they will be able to provide me the right answers mm. yeah yeah absolutely yeah and that's a big shift i think for a lot of people especially yeah. if you know traditional management can be kind of hierarchical quite top down and there is this sort of sort of tailorist thing where yeah we do the thinking yeah. you guys do the work and that that's i think that's what's breaking down now when you've got more knowledge-based work and you've got a more highly skilled workforce who mm-hmm. just aren't motivated by that at all mm-hmm. you know just being told what to do yeah and i think to your point about the adaptive strategy i think that's what we've particularly i think since since we've been doing one of many in particular what i've noticed the most is that adaptive strategy is what's required now things are changing a lot market conditions are tra- changing a lot so keeping these really rigid plans strategy now let's be honest typically involves a lot more initiatives than it does outcomes and that is probably a hindrance to a lot of organization hence the example like with monzo sweeping up mm-hmm. a lot of what's left in the market now from the more traditional institutions is because they're learning more they're very customer centric they publish their product roadmap online for a long period of time and that, that was always so win. cool being able to actually see as a customer what they were yeah. doing as well having that engagement so let, let me ask you what kind of what kind of leadership styles do you think um so imagine we've got our listeners now with mm-hmm. us and they ask you what kind of leadership styles do we need to be using occupying standing in i don't know what the right term is for it but what kind of leadership styles would you as consultants recommend to clients if they said we wanted to start communicating outcomes over deliverables and plans and outputs what what do they need what could what stance could they be in there is if if we're looking at adaptive strategy there's as you said there's the element of trust in my people but the one thing that i think um a lot of people will struggle with is the idea of letting go of their ideas so and i think that's where a lot of a lot of the time people get really emotionally attached to the strategy they have set um and if you aren't able or willing to say "Mm, i might be wrong it's going to be really hard for you to do that more like bringing everyone together i get that I get yeah that. and i think that's my, a big my idea is the best idea that's a big cultural shift for a lot of people who've who've maybe been in this industry for a very long time and worked their way up and they've had to be they had to be the boss and it doesn't work anymore like the collective intelligence thing doesn't work when you've decided your idea is better than everybody else's yeah so there's that kind of I guess humility? a bit more, yeah, humility. Yeah. A bit, a bit more respect for is it, the is other it, people. Is it humility or is it a bit of fear? Because I think if I've spent my whole career on the basis that I've always got the right answer mm. and it's gotten me where I've, where it's gotten me to, mm-hmm. then to so step into something else will come. It will be a little bit daunting. I mean, understandably mm. so. Yeah, it's a bit like the, the you know the. the what's his name you know that the, the unlearn book there was that book that unlearn people have been successful with a certain approach so maybe that more sort of traditional approach get to a certain point 
it's they've got to unlearn some things. It's not it's, it's as much about unlearning old habits as as learning new ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the 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 approach to me, I think, has got to be much more intent based. So, what am I trying to achieve? And you know, and and inviting others to to con- contribute and genuinely listen, not inviting them and they're just going. No, 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 and we're just going to do what we said anyway. But, you know, a, a, a genuine um, acceptance of other perspectives. All right, so be more facilitative, be a bit more collaborative. Yeah, it's a, it's fine to say you don't know. I, you know, I don't, I might, you might not know the answers. You haven't got to walk in and be the boss and mm-hmm. go, right, I, listen to me, we're all going to do what I say. I'm leading. It's much more I'm eliciting from, from the crowd. Sourcing the wisdom of the crowd, I guess, is is a maybe a sort of stance to be in. Maybe a little bit more <laughs> experimental as well. Sort of like let's let's try some things out and see if it gets us to where we want to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of things really that we think we have an answer for, we're striving for answers for, aren't really knowable. I think everything is so complex anyway, and the only way really to know is to experiment, try things, see what works. Best guess. Yeah, well, do you know? Do lots of experiments, see what works. Do more of the things okay. that do work, and less of the things that don't work, and just have that as a as a kind of mindset. So you're finding your way through. You've got your north star. You know where you want to go, but the exact route, you'll have to find your way through it because you can't plot it in advance because you, you just don't know. You can't. You can't know. Is anyone capable of doing strategy? Sorry, I heard that question. Depend the emphasis is is very different depending on how you say that. Is anyone capable? I'm sure there are people <laughs> capable of it. Um, no, I think I think people people strategize all the time. They just maybe n- might not realize that what they're doing is strategizing. Yeah, because the reason why I ask is because we've been focusing on. Yeah. We generally focus on leaders, right? And mm-hmm. this conversation in particular is focused on. Being done at the top, is that a good or bad thing? What stances do leaders need to step into? How might they empower their teams? Mm-hmm. But then it begs to ask the question, is anyone capable of doing it? And mm-hmm. if the answer is, we're talking about adaptive strategy mm-hmm. and we're talking about complex environments and how things are changing and moving towards outcomes. So should, yeah, is anyone capable of it? And should that be then available to everyone to yeah. be able to influence? I think any anyone anytime someone has to make a decision between doing two things they are being they are making strategic decisions they might not understand that that is a strategic way of thinking but if you've got two tasks in front of you and you have only a finite amount of time between now and the end of the day it, making that choice is making a strategic choice um what what is missing there is maybe people aren't thinking um, aligning it to the goal, but they are they are thinking what is what's the best use of my time? What what's the most useful thing for me to be doing? Like that sort of thing. Like what can I what can I defer? That is strategic thinking. Yeah, but I'm coming back to yeah. your point about the double edged sword. So yeah. if we make it available to everyone, because I mean, uh, yeah, and I, I it did make me think when you said that because I do think I do think that some people are more strategic than others yeah some people are more forward looking than others and they've, they've got vision some people are 
more reactive by their nature and they're just you know got a shorter horizon that they're looking at and they're yeah. just responding to things and making point decisions Choices. small ones there but the small decisions aren't heading in a specific direction some people have got that more this is where i'm heading and their yeah. decisions are influenced by the but, north star mm-hmm. but, you know. even those smaller decisions right to to what you were saying um they do all have an impact somewhere but maybe people don't know yeah some so, of them aren't intentional about going in a certain direction right and, it's the same way when we talk of, with developers. Every time someone uh, commits a line of code, they're essentially affecting the architecture, right? It's always changing. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly with the strategy, every time you deliver something or anything you implement uh, anywhere in your business, it's going to have an impact somewhere. It's going to have some type of outcome either towards the business or towards the customer, but we don't make it aware in a sense that we don't visualize the changes that we're making. We don't make them available to people mm-hmm. to understand the impact. So, yeah, quite a philosophical question at this point. You know, yeah, I think everyone can. It's just who's aware that they're doing it. So when you say doing strategy, that's what sort of threw me a little bit because then yeah. I think, I think anyone can contribute to strategy okay. they can do it single-handedly i think you know there's a, a collective effort and some people in the in the collective are more strategic thinkers than others and you know just by, by nature so yeah so doing strategy i don't know contributing to definitely yes this has been a very great conversation uh it's been very fruitful but if we're coming back to like the original title implementing strategy at every level um how and why a team needs to own its own strategy and achieve it. If I could get from both of you your top three takeaways, right? How does a team, why is it important for a team to own its own strategy and implement it? And how does that affect a wider organization? Your top three takeaways so that we can give our listeners insights from the front line, from our practitioners, from the people who are actually interfacing because you're both working with very large organizations at the moment and you are affecting strategy so what would be your top three off the basis of this conversation top three bits of uh, advice if you will we won't call it consulting because we don't have any commercial agreements (laughs) and there'd have to be a bunch of like small print and little t's and c's in here (laughs) because we are consultants but this is just advice this is us having a conversation so it's you me asking you so you're giving me advice right now but by default our listeners are having an ear into this conversation as well. Right. Uh, Who wants to go first? I've got, I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to figure out exactly how to phrase it. But I once, so I, I, I tend to go into teams with a value-focused approach. And I think owning your strategy helps that. And by owning the strategy and the implementation of the strategy and, and, and stuff like that, it allows you to move. To use a football analogy, it means that you're running to where the ball is going to be, not to where the ball currently is. Okay. So when teams own their strategy, they are able to pivot very, very quickly and be more value focused rather than task driven. And I think that's what we need is people to be more looking at the value of the work rather than doing the tick box exercise. Um, And it just gets more cultural buy-in, I think. Nice. 
I think that's. I, I like the. I like the metaphor of where the ball will be, wherever rather than where the ball is. Oh, now. I have blatantly stolen that from a GitHub conference <laughs> from about six years ago, and I've I've stuck to it ever since. So we can thank the the GitHub guys for that one. Nice, nice. I like yeah. it. Um, I like the um, because it's a gamble, right? Half the time, uh, football is a lot about. I mean, we don't need to deep dive into it now, but a lot of it is about positioning mm-hmm. and anticipation. So it's where you want to be rather than where you are now. So you move to progress forward, right? Because you want to score a goal. You have to kind of anticipate where the ball's going to end up to put you in the best possible position to score. I love it. Yeah, you don't I think have that's the whole fantastic. team chasing the ball. And the, you know, yeah, because yeah, all you're going to do is get yeah, tired. Yeah. <laughs> you'll get tired very quickly. Yeah. And yeah. you'll leave lots of gaps behind in defence because if you're constantly running towards the ball, you won't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Thanks, GitHub. Yeah, I think it's a great <laughs> metaphor. Um, yeah, I, th- I think as well as being um, clear, you know, about intent, setting clear intent, so we've got directions, so we all know where we want to be uh, going, um, and having an experimental attitude, I, th- I think it, it's really important to have kind of fast feedback sort of set up so that you know if things are working or if they're not, so you're kind of validating your strategy as you go along. So there's no point going along if you can't see whether this is working, then you just keep, you know, banging your head against that wall, just keep on wasting energy in a fruitless direction. So I think that would be one of my one of my top things would be yeah. f- feedback. You know, where's your data coming from? How do you know things are working or not? I think that's really useful insight because I think both of you have spoken to the idea of focusing forward, focus more on where you want to try and get to, but in the pursuit of that particular outcome, how are you validating where you are now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it reminds me a lot of, I can never pronounce their names properly, but you know the people who created the TPS, the Toyota production system? Takeuchi and Nonaka, if I pronounce yeah, it yeah. well. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I hope we have some comments on this video and someone corrects me. Um, but they talk a lot about this idea of being the idealistic pragmatist. Right. So be tethered to a future state, but also be very cognizant of where you are now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the way you are now part where the data is very important. So use the data to inform what you're doing because you want to be able to pivot and change, but don't lose sight of where you're going. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's keeping that in 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 front and centre. You know, it, that's in mind. So all the small decisions that you're taking mm-hmm. day to day, they're with that in mind rather than just, you know, immediate short, short term. And I think that's true for individuals as well as it is for teams and it is for leaders and it is for any other business function. If you can maintain that balance between where we're trying to get to and where we are now and how do we make decisions based on what we know today and how does that then contribute to where we're going and then how do we learn? that iterative feedback cycle is really important because that's how the strategy continually gets adapted, right? It's through constant feedback. Yeah, without feedback, you can't you can't learn. You know, if yeah. you're just sort of if you're throwing darts on the board and you can see, okay, I need to adjust how I'm throwing. If you switch the lights off, you're not going to get any better with each throw. You just keep throwing. So it's yeah. So it's you need feedback constantly, quick I've, feedback. Yep, I think that's a perfect point to end this podcast on. <laughs> so feedback, we're learning. We want you to help us learn as well. We need feedback. So 
Please comment and subscribe. Yeah, please comment <laughs> and subscribe. Please let us know how we're doing. Um, no, thank you very much both. I think a uh, very insightful conversation. Uh, really difficult topic to explore, you know, without going mm-hmm. into specific use cases. So being able to speak to these ideas and just trying to explore what it means. Um, I love the metaphors we've used today as well. So thank you for sharing. And for everyone who's listening in, I hope this has been as useful for you as it has been for me. So thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. Any parting words from Robin and Erin? Thank you for being guests today as well, if I haven't already said that. It's been great to have different people on the podcast, getting a bit bored of just talking to Mike. So <laughs> thank you for that. Um, yeah, yeah. Thanks for inviting me to do it. You know, this is the first time I've involved in one of these type of things. Yeah. So, you know... It's an yeah, experiment. Do more, do more and yeah. practice and yeah, get good at it. Yeah, it's so, an experiment yeah. for sure. Yeah. What and you said. Any final words? <laughs> um, no, I don't have any any final nuggets of random random analogies. But no, it's been it's been interesting. Strategy is a big scary term. Um and I think anything anything we can do to break it down a little bit is always a good thing. So, nice. Yeah. All right, very positive way to end it. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Strat on the Wall your go-to podcast for organizational transformation insights. If you're looking for help in any of the areas we discuss in the podcast around agile transformation, strategy implementations, and OKR expertise, please reach out to us at www.oneofmany.com. Or better yet, click on the Talk to an Expert button and one of our consultants will be in touch. Happy to help in understanding your opportunities and challenges.